0: Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. So I know Tom said you didn't have to listen for him that long, but you do have to listen to me for a while, so... Here we are. I'm so glad you guys are joining us today and that we're continuing this series called Basic and really going through the basics of what it means to to follow God, to trust him, to live in a church community. What are the things that we do in the church and why do we do them? And uh, it's interesting that we started with trivia this morning because uh, friends of mine have been inviting my husband and I to trivia night. And I'm going to be honest, I am awful at trivia. And it's not just that I don't have a lot of the answers, it's that even when I do have answers, I am not confident that it's right. And I would rather keep the right answer to myself sometimes than risk saying it and being wrong. Like, what is anyone else out there like that? Like, you do not want to feel wrong. Um, And so I think it's interesting that. You know, for me, it's, that is something maybe even more than like some people are afraid of public speaking. For me, I'm like, I don't want the wrong answer. I can't let someone know that I don't know something. Um, and this is even like in my conversations with people, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I'll be talking to someone and they're like, you know that new gym that someone built near Rockville? And I'm sitting here thinking, I don't, I don't know what, where Rockville is. I'm not even confident I know what a gym looks like. But I nod, I'm like, yeah, yep, yes, Jim, Rockville, and then later at home, I'm like, OK, Google, where's Rockville? Right? Because, which I think is interesting, we're all comfortable asking Google a question. Why? Because Google doesn't judge. Google doesn't care what you know or what you don't know. Right? In fact, if you, have you ever started typing a question into Google, like, what is, and then it like populates a question that clearly lots of other people are asking but not saying out loud and sometimes you read the questions and you're like oh my goodness is that i would never ask that out loud but exactly because neither would all these other people so we're asking google because we don't know and we don't want to look like idiots but you know who is totally okay with not knowing the answers usually up to a certain age aren't children pretty much like yeah i don't know and that's okay because i'm not supposed to right like kids are like why Okay, well, why, why, what happens when people die, and, and why do I have to wear a shirt into the store, and, you know, why is the sky blue? And, like, they, the default for children is curiosity. I don't need to know because I'm not supposed to know, right? And, and they're okay with that because they know that they're supposed to grow and learn as they go. And this is why um, I laugh because children are like sponges too, right? So I, I swear they will hear everything, and usually they will hear, like, that one phrase that you really wish you didn't they didn't hear, that you don't want to have to explain to them. I remember one, one summer I was outside, I got stung by a bee, and my youngest child at the time was like two years old, and I remember I said a word which was not quite appropriate, and uh, my, my son heard me, and of course he's like, what's that mean? And I think I had him convinced that the bug itself was the bad word. So... Anyway, he he knows now it's all, you know, but but they do, they hear things, they ask the questions, and they are not afraid also to say the awkward things, right? Which is also why another one of my children, I forget which one, asked me one day, Mom, why do you have a mustache? And I told him the truth, which is that only the coolest moms have mustaches. (laughs) Yes, so if you if you're out there and you're with me, then yes, your children now know also. Um, but yes, children have no filters, they, they do not have any inhibitions, and so they ask the awkward things, they say the awkward things. But I think that this series reminds us that sometimes we need to become more like little children. In fact, Jesus tells us that, come to me like a child, because the way that children are, that's how, that's how I want you to receive me and to receive my kingdom. And sometimes we need a reminder that it is okay, it is in fact more than okay, to, to have the question, to ask the question. Um, and I think even as, as adults, sometimes we, we can start getting into a routine, and maybe that includes what we do at church, and we can get into automatic mode, and this is what we do, and this is we go to the service, we do this, we, we take communion, we do these things, and we can stop asking why. We can stop experiencing the awe and the wonder of what it is we're doing and asking why God wants us to do it in the first place. And so this is an invitation, this whole series really is an invitation to be like children again, to ask the questions and to experience the awe of, of who God is and what he has in store for us in this journey. And so I would encourage you even um, maybe today, uh, whether it's at the, the discussion time after service or um, talking to a friend or maybe even emailing someone, um, treat that discussion group like you would Google. Assume that no one there is going to judge you and you can ask whatever feels like even the weirdest questions. And there's, I, I hope that this church um, and just becomes a safe place or even, even between you and God, I have asked God so many ridiculous things, but um, just as Sherry, the the clip reminds us what Sherry said, God's big enough to handle all of our questions, all of our feelings and emotions, so I hope that we can start treating God like that, that he's a safe place for us to ask the questions. And so today we're going to talk about two things that we do at Hope Church, baptism and communion, and we're going to look at these a little closer and we're going to ask some questions, what are these things that we do and why do we do them? So we're gonna start with baptism first. What is baptism and why do we celebrate or participate in baptism? Um, And there's a few reasons. Um, So here at Hope, we celebrate baptism as a church-wide event. And so a lot of times, I don't know if you've been here for one before, but we sometimes have like a a little pool set up here on the stage, or in the past we've even sometimes had um, that pool set up outside if it's a summer month. And basically, it's an opportunity for people who have said, I've decided to follow Jesus and I want to make that decision publicly it's an opportunity to to celebrate that decision and so what will happen is um, a pastor like Tom or maybe one of the elders uh, somebody will um, take a person and they are in the pool and they basically say have you have you made a decision to follow Jesus and that person affirms yes and then they will dunk the person underwater and lift them out saying I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Um, So that's kind of the what what it is but, but what does it mean? Why do we even do it? And so there's a few reasons. First of all, I would say we do it because it's a public declaration of our decision to follow Jesus. I'm going to break these out a little more in a second, but it's that public deci- uh, declaration of our decision to follow Jesus. It's a picture of our repentance, of our turning to God, and of being made cl- clean or new or righteous in Christ. It's a symbol of our story in Christ. We've talked a lot about our journey in Christ. And so this is another picture of that and how we die to ourselves and we're raised to new life with Christ. So even that, that image of dunking and being raised is part of this symbolism of dying to ourselves and being raised with Christ Christ. And finally, it's this celebration of our journey and our decision to follow Jesus. And it's an opportunity for the church, this this community that we are in, to support and encourage and celebrate us in that journey. Um, It's that reminder that we need others in that walk with Christ to sharpen us, to challenge us, and to celebrate us. Um, So again, part of of this decision to, to be baptized is it's this public decision it's this owning of what you've uh, the decision that you've made and i think there's something kind of important for us in in different areas of our lives we can think about the celebrations that we do whether it's a wedding ceremony or a graduation ceremony or even a birthday party it's this public thing it's this it's this moment where people are recognizing Um, Either an accomplishment or a decision we've made, and in the same way, I think when we decide to follow Christ, there's something significant about being able to stand up and and declare that in front of people. I think we own that in a different way. Um, And this is partly why, um, when we baptize here here at Hope, uh, we we really like to have that be this personal decision. So Tom will usually before before someone gets baptized, he'll make an appointment and kind of sit down with that person and talk with them. And Tom, I. Trust me, he's not there to grill people and find out how much of the Bible you know or whether you're like, you know, make the checklist. No, he he wants to have a conversation to hear your story, to know um, where your decision started and just hear your journey. And a lot of times even we like to, to create like a video of people's stories um, because there's something powerful for all of us in hearing, not just, not just Tom or Carrie's story or maybe an elder's story, Every person in this room has a story to share, to encourage the body of believers. And so we love that baptism is an opportunity where you get to share your story, your testimony, your, um, the, the, the story of how God has impacted and changed your life. And so baptism is one of the opportunities that we get to do that. Um, and because it's a personal decision and it goes with your personal story, um, that's part of the reason that here at Hope we do not baptize infants. I know people will ask us a lot, you know, if we baptize infants or young children. And the reason that we don't is because we really believe that baptism is that personal choice that someone makes when they are ready, when they're able to understand what what that decision is and when they're ready to be able to share that for themselves. And I know as a, as a parent, one of the hardest things for me is knowing that, I don't get to make the decisions for my kids, whether that's you know the friends they hang out with or the uh, the food they eat, or um, or again, the more important for me, the spiritual decisions that they make. I know I can't make that for them, but I, I want to encourage them in that. And so we, we recognize that at hope that um, that we want to let children be able to make that decision for themselves. However, we do believe that there's a, a significant part of the body of Christ that is to support and encourage parents. And grandparents in the process of raising our kids spiritually, so we do have here at Hope what we call a child or baby dedication service, and that is this beautiful, um, this beautiful opportunity where where it's families, whether it's your infant or maybe it's sometimes I've seen whole you know a family with like three different kids and they dedicate them all at once. Um, but the idea is you get to create this this song and a slideshow with all these pictures of your child and then the whole family comes on stage here and the church gets to pray over these families and over these parents and say we are with you we want to walk with you as you guide your children as you lead them towards the truth as you guide them towards jesus and so that is kind of what we do as a as a way to to kind of acknowledge that tension that yes we want we want to pour into children we want to pour into families but we also want to leave that final opportunity for children to make for themselves when they're old enough. So so again, that is part of um, just the way that Hope Church does baptism. Uh, which leads me to another thing that we, we differ a little bit maybe from other denominations and that um, I know some denominations will say that salvation the uh, um, becoming saved itself is is directly related to baptism, and so they would say, "Oh, you have to be baptized in order to have salvation." And here at here at Hope, we do believe that baptism is an important part of what God wants us to do and a reflection of our journey with Him. But we do not believe that that, salva- that, that baptism itself is what brings us to salvation, um, any more than uh, you know praying magic words. We don't believe that there's a specific prayer that magically saves you. It's about the heart and it's about um, that decision that you make. And God sees that and God knows that. Um, And so it's almost to me, if you think of like someone who's graduating from high school and they get a diploma when they graduate. And the diploma, that piece of paper, does does not really, it's not the thing that gives them the knowledge that allows them to graduate. They've gone through the courses, they've gone through the classes, they've gone through all these things, and that paper, that ceremony, is not what makes them a graduate, but it is a representation of what they've done, and it is something that people get to celebrate. And so I like to think of baptism as as this, um, partly it's this representation of who we are in Christ and the sacrifice he's made for us. Um, and, And really, that goes along with this idea that if you look throughout the Bible, God is a God of pictures. He's a God of stories. And he likes to use metaphors and analogies throughout the Bible. And so baptism is this really beautiful image. In fact, um, it's something that, uh, even in the Old Testament, there's a a passage in 1 Peter that talks about how um, the flood, way back in Noah's time, the flood symbolized baptism. That it was this idea that the water was saving this group of people. And so 1 Peter makes reference to the fact that baptism, in the same way, Um, baptism is this water that represents salvation through God's blood and through God's sacrifice for us. And so it's this beautiful picture or image of what God has done for us. Um, And it's also connected to this idea of repentance. Um, So I know... Tom talked about this in the last services. Sometimes we can look at things like the idea of repentance and it feels like, okay, that sounds like a negative thing. I don't want to have to repent. I don't want to have to, um, that sounds like a a negative or difficult thing. But truly, repentance is for our freedom. Repentance is this beautiful um, opportunity for us to come to God and say, I'm owning what I've done. I'm owning the brokenness and the, the wrong things that I've done and I'm allowing God then to wash me clean and how this water symbolizes that cleansing And if we look at the first reference of baptism in in the Bible, it was John the Baptist who, who called people and said, come and repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And he baptized people, but he said, this is just a picture, because John says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. This is Jesus he's talking about. And so this baptism is a picture, it's repentance that we come to Jesus, and yet Jesus, when he changes us, it is, it is not just an image. It is not just a metaphor. Jesus comes and gives us his spirit. He gives us his fire. He changes something inside of us. And it is, it is absolutely amazing, and that is what it is to follow Jesus. And that baptism is symbolic, but it also is a picture of the, of the very real change that Jesus creates in our lives. Romans 6 puts it this way. Um, in verse 2, it says, Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may now live a new life. And so it's this concept that we are, um, we're buried into Christ Jesus in his death. And that sounds like a negative thing, but it's this picture of dying to ourselves, dying to sin, dying to the broken things and the chains that held us, and being made alive and free in Christ, to have new life. Verse 5 says, if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so the body ruled by sin might be done away with and we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. And verse 11 says, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin but alive in Christ. And I know some of that passage feels redundant, but again, it's just, it's over and over this reminder that we, we have, when we're dunked underwater, it's this reminder that we are letting go of that old self, um, the old behaviors, the old, the old compass that we had, the old um, things that we followed, the, the, what we oriented our lives around. We let that go, we let that die, and then we are raised to new life with Christ where we have his spirit, where we are led by, by Christ and his compass and his values And it's this beautiful image that that truly it is Christ who lives in us, his spirit that lives in us. And so baptism seems simple, but it is this amazing, beautiful representation of our lives in Christ. I love that symbol. So you might look at baptism as, again, the the uh, graduation ceremony or even a marriage ceremony. It's It's this moment where we're making this commitment and we're publicly declaring it. But what is then communion? We're going to move into that a little bit. And I want to talk also about how communion is also this, this picture. And as a quick side note, um, one of the things that I love about the way that God uses imagery and metaphors and pictures in the Bible is that um, if you look to the person next to you, probably they have a different personality than you do. And there are some people who read the word and they just get, you know, the, the details of of the verses and the theology, they just get caught up in that and that is how they experience God in a very profound way. Um, And while we all read the word and and God says the word is living and active and it teaches and corrects and rebukes and challenges us, I think it's beautiful that God knows that there are some personalities who are visual, who are picture, who are artistic. And for for those of us who are like that, this imagery is this powerful tool and a way for us to know God in a new and, and amazing way. And I just think that it's amazing that God has written each of our personalities then, and thought of our personalities as he's expressed himself and his love to us through his word. So I'm off track here, but communion in the same way is also a picture for us that teaches us more about God and his sacrifice for us. So I would say communion is, first of all, a continuation of the Old Testament celebration of the Passover, which is an ongoing picture of God's salvation. Communion is something we do to remember Christ and his sacrifice it's a tangible picture of Christ's blood poured out for us and his body broken for us. It's an intentional chance to express our love and our worship back to our creator. I don't think it's an accident that we sang that song, I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord. We love you because that's, that's part of what this is, an opportunity for us to express that love back to him. It's also a reminder to live towards others in the sacrificial way that Christ lived towards us. Um, And so in a similar way, I would say communion is also this beautiful spiritual connection with Jesus and a picture of the sacrifice that he made for us. And if you think of maybe the um, baptism as almost like a wedding ceremony, I almost feel like communion in some ways is like what I would call date night. Um, and that might sound weird. Maybe that sounds a little sacrilegious. Sacri- but think about it this way. When you, if you make a decision to marry someone, you're saying, I love you so much. It's this over-the-top um, declaration of your love for someone. But then, as you know, you can't just live forever on that, on that one wedding day and then never talk to that person again. Right? that's that's not what love is about when you get married to someone or even when you are uh, committing to you know be you have a friendship and you're with someone and you want them to know that you care about them you have to have intentional time with that person in order to experience that ongoing love to understand and and to to be re, to remain in that love and so uh, just like for myself with my husband um, if we go too long without having an intentional date night um, I start to feel a little unloved sometimes, or I start to feel like, man, does he really value me? Are we really are we clicking? Are we connected? And I know the same is for him. If I if I go too long without really, you know, intentionally, maybe doing something for him, like, you know, cleaning something, just just to make him feel seen or loved, or, um, you know, heaven forbid, I make a make a hot dinner once in a while, like, so little little ways. If I can find little ways to show him, yes, I love you, I'm thinking about you, and being intentional. And in the same way, um, I think sometimes in our walk with God, um, the interesting thing about God is that he is always there. He's always, always present. And while that is such a beautiful thing, I think it also creates this opportunity where sometimes we start to take for granted the fact that he's there. You know, like I have this wedding ring on that reminds me of my marriage, but I, I get so used to wearing it, sometimes I forget it's there. Right? And in the same way, maybe, maybe we have like we wear the cross necklace, or, or maybe you have a tattoo that reminds you of, of your spiritual walk with God. Um, and so we have these reminders of our, of our walk with God, and yet we can sometimes still, in the busyness, in the day to day, we can lose sight. We can forget. We can just get caught up doing our own thing. And God says, part of why we celebrate communion is this reminder, it's this intentional time that we set aside where we say, okay, I'm going to stop everything else. I'm going to set aside the distractions. I'm going to turn off the phone, and I'm going to just be with God. I'm going to remember why I loved him to begin with because he first loved me. I'm going to sit with him, and I'm going to remember the sacrifice that he made for me on the cross because of his great love for me. And so I think it's just, again, I, I hope that we have that sense of wonder and awe. And, and when we celebrate communion, which we'll do a little later today as well, um, just to sit and remember that, to take that time and, and to sit in God's presence and remember who He is and why we love Him. Um, and as I said, uh, communion also really is this ongoing picture that God has been sharing since the Old Testament, um, because it began with a celebration of the Passover. Um, So the Passover, if you may remember, was when the people in Egypt were enslaved, the Israelites were enslaved, and God was trying to bring them out of slavery, out of Egypt. And so in order to do so, because Pharaoh's heart was hard, he sent, God sent all these plagues and these wonders and signs. And the final plague was this um, death, death of the oldest, the firstborn sons. But Jesus said, God said, I will spare, I will spare your people if you, Sacrifice a lamb and, and paint the blood of that lamb on the doorposts of your houses. And in that way, I will pass over your homes and I will spare your sons. And so this became this initial sacrifice that, that represents, ultimately Jesus would come to represent this sacrificial lamb who died for us. And so the the Passover was this symbolism of, of what God did in his salvation for the Israelites. But it also then became this reminder of Jesus and his sacrifice for us once and for all. And so Jesus gave new meaning when he sat with his disciples and had the last supper. He says in Luke twenty-two nineteen and 20, he took the bread, he gave thanks and he broke it. And he said to them, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this is the cup. The cup is the new covenant of my blood, which is poured out for you. And so again, we have, it's, it's like this teeny little cup and this little wafer, but there's so much symbolism and significance in what this is and why we do it. And so it is, God reminds us, we, we do this in remembrance of him. Going back to that idea of date night, it's this, it's this idea of saying, I remember, I'm sitting, I'm, I'm remembering all the good things that you've done, and I'm remembering you as I do this. Sometimes even in my, you know, if I sit outside with God sometimes, um, I'm just reminded, uh, sometimes I'll just start listing off things that I love about God. Oh my gosh, you know, if you, if you think about the Psalms, you look around and you say, uh, the heavens declared the glory of God, the skies proclaimed, the works of his hands, and, and sometimes I'd like to just sit and say, God, you have given me so many things, and to declare those and to list those, and remember God, remember what he's done for me. Um... And I think that's important, too, because we can get, I can get so needy sometimes in this, um, this sense of, as I should be, overwhelmed in awe of what God has done for me, but I can forget that this is a relationship, right? And it's not just one way. It's not, God, it's not just about God saying, I love you. It's this opportunity for me to declare back to him his love for me, or my love for him, rather. Um, I also believe it's an opportunity for us to remember God's sacrifice and then to consider how we are living our lives in relationship to others. I really believe there's something when we sit in in the presence of God's sacrifice, you cannot sit in the presence of God's sacrifice without being changed. And that means when, when we consider what God has done for us, we cannot turn around and hate our brother or sister. When we consider all that God has done for us, God says, now you, you do not have a right to be stingy, to be, um, to be hard-hearted, to be unkind, to be unloving to your brothers and sisters. And so it's this reminder sometimes when we sit, we say, okay, am I, am I right with my brothers and sisters? Am I holding on to a grudge? Am I holding on to something that God says, no, I forgave you of everything and I'm asking you to go and do the same. And so Jesus reminds us that um, it's, Communion is this intentional opportunity to be with him. It's this symbolism of his sacrifice, of the blood that he shed for us. And I know I mentioned that it goes back to the Passover. Um, And after the Passover, um, you may know also that the Israelites would, would... Every year they had, um, they had sacrifices of many kinds, but every year they had sacrifices that were for um, an annual atonement of blood. And every year they had to go again and again and again and make these sacrifices. And Hebrews 10 talks about this, um, that over and over again they had to make these sacrifices because uh, if, if the sacrifices had been able to cleanse them once and for all, they could have stopped making them. But no, they had to go back again and again and again. And I think it's interesting. The Bible says, um, Hebrews 10, 3 says, the sacrifices, those sacrifices are an annual reminder of our sins. The sacrifices that they had to go again and again were this reminder of our sins. And yet Jesus redeemed that idea. And so when we celebrate communion now, it is not just it's not this reminder this guilty reminder of our sins Christ says no communion the reason we celebrate that is because by one sacrifice now Jesus has made perfect forever those who are being made holy and verse 17 says their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more and where these have been forgiven sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary we do not celebrate communion because we're trying to continue to atone for our sins it is not a reminder of our, of our guilt. It is a reminder that our sins have been so far removed as far as the east is from the west. This is a reminder of God's vast and incredible love for us. It is a reminder of his body broken for us and his blood poured out because of his incredible love. That we no longer have to live in fear, that we no longer have to live in hiding, but as this passage says, we can now approach the throne of grace with freedom and confidence. That is the power of the blood, and that is why we celebrate communion as that reminder. So, I wanna just wrap up with a few prompts for you today, a few things as we're closing up. First of all, if you're listening or maybe even have been listening the last few weeks, and you're thinking to yourself, man, you know, I really think I, I want to know more about what this relationship with God is. You know, I, I, I'm, maybe you're that person, you're like, I feel guilty all the time. I feel, I feel so lost in my brokenness or I feel just overwhelmed by life and I don't know what to do and how to change. Maybe you just feel so overwhelmed by the brokenness that you see in yourself or in the world and you're like, there has to be a solution. There has to be something more than this. And if that's you and you're sitting here thinking, I just want to know more, I would encourage you, um, maybe today is that day where you say, okay, God, okay, God, I want to take that first step. I want to, I want to know you more. And the truth is, I think a lot of times we, we think that salvation is this like magical holy moment. Honestly, I believe that a lot of times we've been on a journey of faith before we even realize it. And so maybe today is just that day that you ask more questions. Maybe, maybe you talk to someone um, at the prayer team, or you talk to myself or someone in the discussion group, um, or maybe there's some people here who are like, man, you know, post-COVID, I don't even talk to my mom face-to-face, so that's uncomfortable. you can also email or you can um if you fill out our response envelope there's actually something you can check off there that says i want to know more about following jesus i want to know more about having a relationship with him and someone will email you and just share a little more and maybe that's what you do today maybe that's your um just your next action step for following god um maybe you are someone here today who says whether it was five years ago or five months ago or five minutes ago, you're like, yeah, you know what? I have made a decision. I do. I do believe in God and I want to follow him and I, I want to embrace that sacrifice that he's made for me. And maybe for you, you're like, I I really think I want to do baptism. I feel like after hearing you talk that that's something that's important for me. I want to um, I wanna declare that. I want to celebrate that. If you're interested in baptism, uh, we are looking to plan a baptism service um, coming up and we would love, uh, love to talk to you more about baptism. If you go on online uh, to Hope Church, you can you can find out more about that. You can register for that. If you do register, you are not signing your life away, I promise. If you change your mind after, that's okay. Um, it's just an opportunity for you to, uh, to start the process, to get the conversation going. So I would encourage you to do that if you're interested. Um, and finally, I just want to take a moment today um, and as you came in today you should have received a, a communion cup if you did not if you want to just um you know you can let our usher know we have we have extras so you can raise your hand um i we're just going to do a simple version of communion today having explained it a little bit more um but my heart today is that we come we come back to, to god like a child we just sit in this moment of awe And we take this time to say, okay, God, I want to be intentional. I want to remember and to recognize what you've done for me. I'm just going to pray for us as we start this. God, I just want to thank you. Thank you again for your sacrifice, for your vast love, for the way that you speak your love for us Every single day, um, God, I know we are not always faithful and we do not always say enough for, that we love you, but I, I believe that every day you are reminding us of your love through people, through the sunset, through, um, through your word, through this church. And I thank you for the many ways that you show us your love for us. And I pray that as we sit here today in your presence, that you would just give us a sense that you love us, a reminder that you even like us, I pray that we would be brought into your sacrifice and remember um, the beauty of who you are. I pray you speak to each person as we go through this communion today. Amen. So as we celebrate this, we're gonna start, um, I know here at Hope the communion cups are a little tricky, so we have this really thin layer that makes a lot of noise, so we'll all do it now. Uh, and when you pull that clear one up, you have, you have this wafer. And this just represents the, the body of Christ, the body that was broken for us. And I want, I want you to think for a minute as we, as we hold this, and you can eat this at any point while I'm, while I'm talking, but I just want to share to you what I believe Jesus is saying to you today. Jesus is saying, you're holding my body because I died for you. For the joy set before me to bring you to myself because i have loved you with an everlasting love i have engraved you on the palm of my hand your walls are ever before me nothing can separate you from my love because your sins are as far as the east is from the west i remember them no more and the sacrifice i made i made once and for all i made for you to show you the depths of my love. Now do this in remembrance of me and my love. And as we sit here too, holding the cup that represents the blood of Jesus. Um, I, know, I know the idea of the blood of Jesus can sometimes feel um, a little weird or a little strange. Um, there's an Old Testament sacrifice in the book of Leviticus uh, that to me is, I like it because I think it's this, this beautiful picture of what the blood really is. And, and it was this sacrifice that was made uh, for, for cleansing for someone and it involved two birds. And the first bird was sacrificed and their blood was, was kind of poured in this bowl and then the second bird was then dipped in that bowl of blood and then set free to fly away free. And for me, um, for some reason, that, that picture to me is just this beautiful reminder of what the blood is for us, that, that it was Christ who died for us and was poured out for us. And when we remember this cup, when we remember his love for us, it's as though we're saying, I recognize that now my life, I'm like this free bird, and I've been forever marked By the blood of christ and set free and so i like to hold that image when i think of of christ and his sacrifice for us but as you hold this today i want you to remember that this blood represents your freedom and your access to jesus the bible tells us therefore brothers and sisters since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of jesus by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. Since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess because he who promised is faithful. And I want you to to hold this cup and as you drink it, I want you to remember that this is God's reminder that you have freedom to enter his presence, that this represents the relationship that you can have with God and the the sacrifice that he made so that we can have a complete sense that um, I know sometimes we we, we may feel guilty, we may feel stuck in our sin, we may feel that God can't see us or love us, but this is this reminder that Christ loves you, that he has died for you, and he has completely forgiven and cleansed you of all that. So let's take this blood, or this um, this cup today, and remember Christ's love for us. So God, I just want to thank you again. that, that even in the simple things that we do here at, at Hope or in, as a church, God, I thank you that, um, that your story is a part of what we do. And I pray, um, God, for anyone here who just um, wants to know more, is hungry to know more about you, that you would encourage them uh, just to take that next step and ask those questions today. We love you and thank you again um, for your love for us that never ever fades or dies. Amen.